Band, that's for you, eh? That's for you guys. <laughs> guys, thank you very much for the welcome. Um, today's going to be fun. Who, who believes that? Okay. Um, so I have the honor of sharing today's message with you. And I'm going to be sharing out of Psalms 30. Can everybody uh, turn your Bibles to Psalms 30? If you don't have a Bible, I'm watching you. I'm joking. I'm joking. The title of today's message is Master of the Storm. I know it's a pun. Uh, okay. It has a few meanings. Jesus controlled literal storms by speaking to them. He also helped us through the storms in life. And through my life, Jesus has calmed the very storms I've faced by his presence. He brought hope and joy into many ways. Uh, um, if you don't know me, my name is Storm, and I'm both a father of the son, Sebastian. He's not here. He's in the, in the mother's room. And a husband to my gorgeous wife, Jess. She's sitting here in the second row here. Um, and since I'm a father, I get to tell father jokes. Nice. <laughs> Who likes cows here? Why do cows have hooves and not feet? Because they lack toes. <laughs> Anyway, guys, please open your Bibles to Psalm 30. Uh, we're going to be reading from verses 8 to 12. That's going to be the main reference of today. And it says this, verse 8. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plea for mercy. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? And will it tell of your faithfulness? Verse 9. Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Verse 11. That my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Wow. I know of moments in my own life where I have cried out to God for help and for mercy. Um, in Psalms 30 verse 2, David refers to crying out to God once again. This time it was for healing. The verse says, O Lord my God, I cry to you for help and you have healed me. I think we can all relate to this very prayer. The very cry out to God to be our helper as we have experienced the rain, we also understand that rain has to come to an end and the sun will come out to shine once more. Some commenters mention David having faced health issues, that, David helped him, um, that God helped him out of that, that issue, as, uh, as, verse said, as verse 2 would say. In previous verses, David also refers to God helping him out of near-death encounters or escapes. In my own journey with God, I've experienced this psalm become part of my story. It's become alive. It's become Rhema. My story is about a son that got lost in the wilderness. And through the storms in life, God brought me back home. Just like David in the psalms, I called out and cried out to God for help. I too have asked God for mercy and on the many choices that I chose instead of choosing Him. I came to know of God at a very young age but hadn't made, really made any commitments 
at about the age of 13, my siblings and myself decided to go to a church called Ramah in Ram Park. A few visits in, God had wrecked my heart with his incredible love, and, in, and I ended up surrendering my life to God. I remember having this absolute desire to know and serve him. Around the same time, I started to skateboard and started to get, around, get really good that I actually landed a few sponsors. This became my dream, to travel the world and skateboard. In 2007, I went for this trick down a set of stairs. I remember it like time slowed down. I was just about to land, and as I landed, my foot slipped off the back, causing my knee to rotate, and my knee dislocated. This was the downfall of my skateboarding. My knee had started dislocating both ways, time after time. In the year of 2009, I hadn't given up on my dream yet, but my home park started to close down, so my skateboarding came to a halt. My relationship with God had grown stronger. I was on fire for him, bringing two full carloads of people to church at times. I'd been praying for my sister, and she had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. She wasn't doing well. My, my prayer was, Father, give her the same love that I've experienced. Help her to see what you see. Help her, just please help her. Just like David in the Psalms, I cried out to God for help. Later that year in October, I was a few weeks away from my matric finals, and I remember the, the day to a T. 20th of October. This day was where the, the beginning of my faith, oh, sorry, this was the day to the beginning of the downfall of my faith. On two o'clock that afternoon, I'd received news of my sister's passing. She had committed suicide. I tried so hard but to cry. I'm going to try and make it through. I remember just sitting there like a truck had hit the wind out of me. But not just wind felt like it left. The, the absolute want to live left. I remember my dad saying, Storm, I know it's hard to hear, but you've got to put your head down and you've got to get through this year. My dad, having lived through losing my mom at a, uh, his mom at a young age and then my mom when I was about three, I figured it was the best thing I could do. I battled through the emotions alone. Later on that same year, my friend Yaku passed away. He drowned canoeing in the Vol River on the, 20th of the 24th of December the same year. As an adrenaline junkie, uh, my, as an adrenaline enthusiast, I got into parkour. I was training day and night, doing all sorts of flips, training in a gymnasium, building my body to be an absolute machine, trying to get some sponsors interested like Skull Candy. Skull Candy actually uh, wanted to fly me to Dubai, and they promised me everything under the sun and a whole new life. I'd played as a stunt double for the main character of a film, and I'd been training my knee hard and hadn't had any issues. My faith, my faith at this point was very rocky. As the sponsorship was about to be confirmed, I had just done a photo shoot for, for SABC on the same day we were gathering videos for, Skull Candy, for the Skull Candy sponsorship. I decided to do this massive side flip over a four meter gap with about a meter 
drop, and I ended up dislocating my other knee. And the same pattern followed. Time after time, it would dislocate. I lost that sponsor. Fast forward a bit. Fast forward a bit. This became the pattern of my life unfolding. I had just gotten up and had just gotten good at something, all or fall in love with someone, all for it to end up in pieces, leaving me in pieces. Losing people to death I dearly cared and loved, to this day, my greatest fear is saying goodbye to friends and family. For years, I started to get angry and bitter. I kept asking God, why didn't he answer that one prayer? It wasn't a selfish prayer. I wasn't asking for my benefit. I was asking for my sisters. There were many nights of hitting the bottle, drinking myself silly, trying to deal with this thing called life. Slowly, my despair encompassed me. My questions turned into doubts, and my doubts destroyed my faith. I guess God is good. The question why turned into, well, you obviously aren't there. You aren't real. You should have done something. Then I decided to do it all again. I decided to buy my dream car in Nissan Skyline. I fell in love with another girl, started working a second job with an amazing company called Bounce. I started pushing him to become the next, another tramp wall-running expert, invented new tricks, being told I could go to the circus and could perform in the top shows. But this time it hit me hard. The pattern showed up again. In a matter of three months, I dislocated my knee, needing an operation that was plus minus 100 grand that I didn't have. The girl I had been dating for over two years had left me for another guy, thus leaving me in debt due to the things that we had purchased together. I was involved in two car accidents with my work vehicle and my mechanic that was servicing my Skyline crashed it. I had lost a few more loved ones, one of them being my friend's mom that didn't make it through her operation. This lady was an absolute light for Jesus in my life. In the space of three months, five people I knew and loved had passed away. I was also sick and had some, some gastric infection that prevented me from eating. If I did eat, I would just throw it up again. In a matter of two weeks, I'd lost 14 kgs. I wasn't sleeping much, and my very doubts rushed in to sink me. I was seeing a psychologist, and I was talking to people all over, trying to get some sort of relief. I remember in the process, I was trying to work. I was like a zombie with tears running down my face. I was sitting at the robot this one day, and the guy in the car next to me at the robot hooted, and he asked if I was okay. And I turned to him with tears running down my face, shook my head and said no. And I carried on. I remember sitting down with the bounce manager, being told that I should consider working or they would let, it would have to let me go. At the same time, my daily job was on the line. I had put some projects at risk and it wasn't looking good. I felt like I was in a pit and there was no way out. This time, I couldn't get up. I couldn't get past this. I wanted to give up, 
and I was done. It's good, it's good. I didn't have anything anymore, and I had reached this point of complete despair. I decided to plan my departure out of this life because there was nothing here for me. If it was the empire I was building, or the people I was loving, or my health, there was nothing. Never mind even a God I thought existed. It would all be destroyed again. Anyway, what's the point? I felt like I was in this darkness, in the bottom of a pit. Just like David mentions, in similar respects to Psalm 30, verse 3, O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. You're probably sitting there thinking to yourself, this is impossible. It sounds too unreal, but it's true. This was my life. It felt like I was sitting in a cinema watching my life fall apart moment by moment and piece by piece. And I couldn't do anything about it. The night before I had planned my own suicide, I had lay on my couch and I cried out to God as my sort of last chance of life. God, if you're real, show up. If you show up, you can have my miserable, useless life. With every doubt in my mind that he would, wouldn't due to him not showing up for my sister, my phone rang. A friend I hadn't spoken to in eight years, she had reached out to see if I was okay. I said, no, not really. She then proceeded to tell me that God had been giving her dreams of my life and that she had waited on him to reach out. She then proceeded to describe moment for moment what had happened in my life. She then said God had given her a message for me. The message was, be still and know that he is God. The very question I had asked moments before her very phone call. I was still in a state, still crying, and ended up falling asleep that night. The very next day, I walked into church to try and get some hope. And I walked into this church. I bumped into her friend, Brett. <laughs> Brett had noticed something was not right and had started to ask questions. So I started to spill the beans. He had grabbed another gentleman and had asked him to give me a word. And the word that I was given was this. You feel like you've been going around the same mountain and you wanted to stop. He said, it's time to repent and go up the mountain instead of around. For as little as I understood with disbelief in my mind, I, I tested it. I went home and I prayed that prayer. Over time, with every moment, I ran after God, and not only did he restore my life fully, he has been more real than the chairs you are sitting on. The psychologist I was seeing wasn't helping me, and I had met up with a bunch of people, including this one man from church that journeyed with me, and he met me every Tuesday regardless if he had money for petrol. The evenings of those Tuesdays, Brett and myself, would meet up at Humble Harry's and we would just do life together. These moments, step by step, led me back into the arms of the Father. 
Every Sunday I came to church, the message was like God was speaking directly to me. In this very church, my knee was healed, and the very same week of my last checkup before I was supposed to be booked in for an operation, the doctor even confirmed I didn't need an operation anymore. In this church, I married my best friend, the woman of my dreams. This is now the mother of my child, and it was God all this time moving and using people with very simple relationships with them. No matter how hard I tried to establish my kingdom, it came crashing down. No matter how much I depended on my own strength and health like David, I could not live without God's presence. I remember a few days into my restoration that in prayer I asked God to never leave me again. Looking back now, he never has left me. I had just blocked him out. Just like David, I related, I related to the pity talks of as the chasm of darkness and depression I drove myself into. <sighs> Trying to be the God of my own life. I remember this one moment as I cried out to God, asking why it hurt so much losing people. The most I've ever heard him audibly, he said, my kids, uh, he said, you see all these people you love and care for. That's exactly how I feel towards every one of my kids, and they don't even know my name, never mind the love I have for them. I broke down right away, imagining that as a father, and now I am a father, I can't even bear to think that. I now have the honor of traveling the world with this organization called Christian Skaters, with my skateboard, just like my dream. But now I spread the good news of Jesus among anyone that I can come across. Just like David, God has turned my mourning into dancing and can do that for you. This is my hope and this is my song. If there's one thing that you can take from my life and from this message, it's that Jesus knows you. He knows the many trials and tribulations you've endured and still face. And he knows even when you run from him like I did. I ask, please stop running. Turn around and run after him. I'm, I'm not sinless and my house is not in order, but I realize I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And there's only one man in history to ever conquer death, and that is Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says it nicely. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let Jesus be the master of your life and storm you face right now. Thank you.